Welcome back to episode 11 of Money Equals M Squared. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with today's guest, Noah Hedberg, who's our assistant golf professional at TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. Today, Noah is going to give us some golf tips to help us get ready for our golf season. As always, check us out online at lltwm.com or on Instagram at Team LLT. Noah, thanks for coming on today. Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate being on. So I... I asked Noah to come on the show. Noah's uh, been a great teacher to me, really helping me with my own golf game. I know we have a lot of clients that golf and really are passionate about it. So wanted to answer some questions, help everyone improve their golf game. But first, Noah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into teaching golf and into it as a profession? Yeah, so um, no, I was born and raised here locally in Connecticut um, from Newington. Grew up actually at Indian Hill Country Club. Uh, learned the game of golf at fairly young age honestly I can't remember how long um, I'd say probably three or four years old I picked up my first golf club had a family that golfed uh, grandfather father brothers um, we were all really big into the game so I, I learned at a young age fast forwarding a um, couple years started playing in junior tours um, things like that all around the area and then I really found a passion for it in um, high school and I worked at a, a course in Hartford Hartford Golf Club Worked there for a couple of years until I decided I wanted to go to school for it. And I ended up going to school for pro professional golf management at um, Florida Gulf Coast University down in Fort Myers. So I'll give them a quick shout out because they were phenomenal. Best school um, you could possibly go to for, for golf management if you wanted to go into that field. Um, upon graduation, I went up to Massachusetts and worked at Essex County Club as my first assistant's job, and then um, spent a season up there and traveled back here to TPC River Highlands um, as a year-round job, which was um, exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be near home again, um, and I, it's been a great place to be. So I've been here now for uh, two seasons, and it's been wonderful. Um, learning from all the other professionals, everyone that I've been with in the past, picked up a lot of knowledge along the way. Um, you know, love to mention all the courses I interned at, including uh, Liberty National, as well as here at TPC River Highlands and a couple more around the country. But along that journey, I've, you know, really found a passion into helping people get better at golf. And it's um, honestly no better place to work than TPC River Highlands. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a great place to be able to call home. It's something you know, it's beautiful. You guys are getting ready for the Travelers Championship this year. It's nice to to see a place that is passionate about golf, not as just the people that are here, but the organization, the, you know, TPC as a community and everything like that. It helps you hone your craft and become better at everything that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly how many TPCs are in the country and I probably should, but being able to travel to all of them, um, get to know everyone that works in the network, it's a it's a great place to be. Um, and there's so many good golf professionals to learn from. Yeah, that's 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 great. So so with learning, why don't we why don't we dive right in? So outline for today. Let's um. I want to try and give everyone just one tip about each part of their game. Mm -hmm. You know, one little takeaway that they could work on. Starting with you know how should they practice all the way to kind of making that last putt during their round. So let's get started with you know practice. Like if you were mm -hmm. to give someone you know one tip or two tips about what they're doing when they walk out to the range on a day they're not playing. Yeah. What's something they should work on? Absolutely. Um, so 
before you even start hitting any golf balls, um, the thing that most people don't even think about is how to properly warm up and get their body ready. Um, you know, this is something that I totally did not do before I started really getting into the game. Um, you know, the first things first, you have to stretch. I mean, if you're not stretching, getting those muscles ready, um, ready to go, then you are, you're gonna either hurt yourself or you're not gonna have a good swing. And um, I think most people don't even do that. So that's number one. Uh, number two, you, you have to start with a high club. So either that's a sand wedge, pitching wedge, you know, nine irons, something high, just get that body loose, get that body ready to swing. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of starting with driver. That is probably the worst thing that you can do. Um, you, you do not want a long club swinging fast as your first swing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to say that. It's like any athlete though, mm -hmm. right? You know, if you look at a, you know, a pitcher in baseball, they're not going to throw a hundred percent fastball on their first pitch. Absolutely. Right. You know, they're going to take time with shorter throws and stretch out before they say I'm ready to go on top of all their plyometrics and everything like that. Yeah. Golf's no different. Some people just forget that because they look at it as, you know, a casual game, exactly. but it's still a very competitive sport that you got to get your body ready to compete in. Yeah. And you know, not, not to get too off topic, but all those guys on tour, I mean, we see them here during the travelers, but their day does not start on the range. It starts in, you know, they're getting massages, they're um, going to the physical therapists, they're working out before they play. You know, they're, they're getting their body ready. They are athletes now, and I think a lot of people have that misconception about golfers. Um, but to get right back into the, you know, how to properly warm up, um, you know, after stretching, after starting with those first couple shots with that high lofted club, um, pick what you want to work on for that day. You know, so if we're not going out to golf, we have to have a reason why we're practicing. And, you know, if, if you're just having a long day and you wanna go hit golf balls to clear your mind, that's one thing. But if you're looking to get better at golf, you have to have practice with a purpose. You know, if, and most people don't, they don't know what they're working on. So whether it's, you know, hitting wedge shots from 85 to 100 yards or working on uh, shot shaping from left to right, right to left and a couple straight ones, um, you really have to go down there with a plan and that has to be decided before you pick up your golf club. So, so the biggest thing, you know, that I'm hearing is when it's time to practice, really take the time, plan out what you're going to do mm -hmm. and work on it intentionally, right? Randomness is not going to get you better. Exactly. You know, if you're, again, if you're trying to clear your head, you know, rough day at work, you yeah. got to go smash some balls. That's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Still get loose properly, but you know, kind of just go through that. But if you're, you know, if you want to dial in your wedges, mm -hmm. pick a target and dial in your wedges. Exactly. You know, um, and, and a lot of people, they, they just don't have that plan. And I think that's a lot of why a lot of people don't go from, you know, a 18 handicap down to a 15. Um, they just don't have that practice with a purpose. Awesome. Now, if someone's heading down to the range, they are going out for the day. How okay. different? I'm assuming day starts the same. You still want to stretch, still want to start with those high lofted clubs. Yes. But what differently would you work on? How much time would you spend there, yeah. you know, ideally to get ready for a round? Yeah. So, you know, me personally, um, I, I do it probably like a lot of the tour pros, uh, maybe like a lot of people that are listening to this. I always start with that sand wedge. I go right into my eight iron. I want to hit a higher lofted club, you know. Um, mid iron, I would say anywhere six, seven, eight iron would be great. 
hit, you know, maybe 10 shots, 12 shots with that. We're not overdoing it. We're not working on our swing. We're just hitting the shots and knowing where that ball is going for the day. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's left, sometimes it's straight. From that, I'm going straight to my three, four, or five iron. Those are my low irons, you know, those are the ones that maybe not hitting too much for the day. Um, so I'm hitting only really four or five of those just to get the feel for them. Then I move straight into my three wood or driving iron. And those are ones that I use a lot around, around here, especially because this is not a driver course. Um, so I'm, you know, hitting another five or six of those. And then after that, I go into my driver. Once again, we're not working on our swing. We're just getting loose and getting the feel for it. So you hit maybe three to five of those, you should be good. Um, after that driver, I sometimes go back to my wedges because that's where you make your money and you shoot your, you shoot your low scores. Um, and then after that, I head to the putting green and that's where the money's made, right? I mean, I spend at least 10 minutes on the putting green getting the, the feel of them. Um, are they fast? Are they slow? Do they break a lot? Um, especially here at TPC, they're pretty fast most of the time and they break a lot. So that's why you gotta spend most of your time on the putting green. So, so the biggest thing there is you're trying to figure out where your game is at for the day. Exactly. You're just using it as, as knowledge to plan so that way you can plot your way around the course and kind of have that feel. You know, if your driver's going left to right, yeah. you have to know that so you, you, know, you have your aim points and everything like exactly. that. Awesome. All right, so that, before we head on to what we're going to do during the round, let's take a break. Let's head into this week's Community Spotlight, and then we'll come back. Welcome to this week's Community Spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the individuals that are helping out in our community. This week, we're focusing in on our guest, Noah Hedberg, the assistant golf professional at TPC River Highlands. Noah began his career by attending Florida Gulf Coast University, where he studied professional golf management and graduated to become a Class A PGA professional. He has golf experience working at the Essex Country Club, Liberty National, the Club at Renaissance, and TBC River Highlands. If you want to get in touch with Noah to schedule a personal lesson, reach out to him at Noah Hedberg at PGATourTPC.com. That's Noah Hedberg, N-O-A-H-H-E-D-B-E-R-G at PGATourTPC.com. All right, great. So welcome back. Again, we're here with Noah Hedberg, the assistant golf professional at TBC River Highlands in Cromwell. And uh, Noah, so we've warmed up. We're getting ready to go out for our round. Um, main thing, let's take us through like each part of the round. Um, we're teeing off tee shots. I know are stressful for a lot of people, really getting <laughs> that ball in play, really starting off each hole right. What would you do? How would you t give someone a few tips on the tee? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, first thing, we have to look at the layout of the hole. Um, so if, if I pick, uh, let's talk about hole four here at TPC, probably the hardest hole on the course. I think you would agree, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I, I want to say from the back tees, it's about 480 yards, and it's a dogleg right into an absolutely brutal green. Um, but first thing first, I realize it's a dogleg right. I typically play a draw. So that means I'm aiming down that right side, even though there's a bunker on the right. Okay, because I know my miss is gonna be more left than right. So first, I'm probably gonna be aiming at that center of that bunker. I'm gonna trust that draw, I'm gonna hit my swing, and I'm gonna set myself up on the left side of that fairway. Because that hole is going to the right, I'm gonna have more of a straight shot. Um, so, you know, obviously that's very specific, but you have to look at the layout of the hole and realize where is my miss best, 
right? So a lot of people don't think of that. If you typically hit it to the right and there's trouble on the right side, yeah, you're gonna aim more left. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But um, a lot of people don't think about, you know, where their miss is going to go because they think, oh, you know what? I'm gonna hit a draw even though nine times out of 10, I play a slice. Guess what? That's probably not going to happen, right? So um, play your shot, play your game and trust that and realize, okay, the miss is on the right side, so I have to aim more or left. That is the simplest of terms I can put it. Yeah, I think the, the two biggest things you said there is one, play your shot, mm-hmm. right? Just because the hole is going left to right, if you don't hit the ball left to right, don't try to hit the ball Absolutely left to right. Um, I saw an interview with Dustin Johnson recently, and he's, they were, he was asked, how many times do you draw your driver? And he said, never. I never do it, right? He's not changing what he does just yeah. because the hole changes. Exactly. You know, and, I th- and I think the other part is you know, paying attention to the layout of the hole. Now, when you're paying attention to the layout of the hole, how many times will that bring in a different club for you? Like you mentioned yeah. here, you know, especially there's troubles a lot of times from driver. Mm-hmm. It's you don't need driver. It's not a super long course. Mm-hmm. So where does the layout? What are the things you're looking for where you say maybe I'm going to hit driving iron or three wood as opposed to driver? Yeah, no, that I mean that's a great great thing to bring up. Um, you know, I would say there's probably only four or five holes that I do hit driver here, and that's because if I do hit driver on those other let's say eight holes. Um, it's just going to put me in a bad spot. I'm going to have a yardage that I do not like into the green. My sweet spot, I know, is 85 yards. That's a nice, easy 54-degree wedge for me. I can put a little spin on it, and it stops, hopefully, close to the pin. Um, but that's my goal. Is So if I have a 400-yard hole, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit driver. But if we have a 380-yard hole out here, I'm not hitting driver. I'm probably going to hit three-wood get it out there and hopefully have that nice 85 yard number in there. And if I don't, guess what? I trust my 100 to 110 club and I know that's still pretty good. So for a lot of people out there that hit their driver, let's say 220 um, on on any hole, great, you know, get it out there, trust yourself. But if your three wood goes 200 yards and it's in play more, I'm probably gonna tell you to hit your three wood. Because if that driver's sprayed all over the place, guess what? You're not making birdie. Yeah, so so one of the things, you know, we, um, we're going to talk about next is kind of those approach shots, right? Yeah. And you mentioned, like, you want to get to that target yardage. Uh-huh. You know, you said 85 yards, put a little spin, give yourself a chance at birdie. And I think that's one of the things a lot of people don't think about. They think, let me get as close as I can mm-hmm. because that's going to give me the most opportunity to get the ball just on the green. Yeah. And I think that's, you just listening to you talk, that's one of the things that is going to separate you, yourself from, say, even a really good amateur player is the ability to say, I want this number, not just I want to get it close. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, a lot of people don't think of it that way. They, they do exactly what you said. Um, you know, I, I, I really want people to realize um, they do have a good number. No matter if they're a 20 handicap or a five handicap, everyone has a good number. You just have to figure out what it is. And once you know what it is, play to that, play to your strengths. Um, you know, don't hit driver and leave yourself with a 60 degree wedge over a trap. That's not smart. I mean, that's just not playing smart golf. And I think, you know, leading into this approach shot, um, a lot of people just 
they don't think about it and they really have to. It's awesome. So moving on to the, you know, approach shot, right? You, you've hit your drive, you're in the fairway. Let's say you got that good number. What's your process? What are you going through? What are you trying to do there? Yeah, no. So it's honestly, it's pretty similar to, to your drive. Um, I'm thinking about, okay, where's my miss? And I think this is something that people don't think about just like their drivers. Um, so a, a great example would be hole two here. Um, the miss, the dead miss is left. I mean, there is a big bunker with a big face on it. You can't get out of it uh, for most people. And there's also very tight lies to the left of the green. So I know I want to hit that right side. That slope is going to kick my ball to the left. So I'm aiming more to the right. You know, that's just, and once again, people don't think about the misses. And I, if you get one thing out of listening to me, this podcast, start thinking about the misses. Um, because most of the time people think, okay, I'm going to hit it pretty good close to the pin. No, I, I don't want you to think about that. Um, I, I really want you to just pick a spot, um, honestly, towards the center of the green. Because if you pick a spot in the center of the green, and you hit it to the right, and the pin's on the right, guess what? That's good. Um, because most people aren't going to hit their ball straight. So if you aim in the center of the green, you have distance on both sides to miss it too. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned a lot of knowledge, right? You know, when you're talking about the second hole here, slopes very sharply right to left you're gonna the miss left like you said is in trouble so aim towards the right side of that green to let the green work for you Mm -hmm. and it's using that knowledge where you're not going to go after every pin yeah you know if you're coming from the right side of the fairway and it's on that front shelf and you go right at that pin you have to be very precise yeah you know we see that during the travelers a lot that Mm -hmm. back left pin almost every pro is birdieing the hole, yeah. right? Because they say that's a, that's in a great spot. It's a pin that they can attack. But when it's on that front shelf, yeah. guys are more careful because they can run into trouble and they can turn birdie into bogey. Absolutely. And it makes more sense to get the par there. Yeah, no, and that's, that's perfect sense. You're not going to go after every pin, um, especially on tougher courses where those greens are undulated and they're sloping all over the place. Um, if that pin's tucked, I am not going after it and I'm gonna settle for par, you know what? If my miss is towards the pin, great, I have a birdie putt. But um, you know, most of the time, you're really just aiming for the center of the green. You're setting yourself up for a par putt. And like I said, if my miss is closer to the hole, great, I have a birdie putt. If not, I'm just gonna try and lag it up there and make that par putt. Now, is there any time, is there any type of pin where you're gonna say, I'm going right after this, I'm oh, trying yeah. to knock this really close? Oh, yeah. What are you looking for? <laughs> hole 15 here center pin i'm going after it you know uh, most of the time i'm dumb enough to hit drive around that hole <laughs> i think we all are it's too fun of a hole not to um but if if i don't hit driver i'm going to lay up give myself that 80 yard shot in 85 yard shot in and if that pin center i'm throwing it right behind that green and letting that the contour um, on that second slope use that spin come off that slope hopefully it goes right next to the hole if not in I mean, um, you got you have to use the slopes and what you have on the green to your advantage. Awesome. So, like, you know, for people that don't know the hole, right, 15th <laughs> hole, very drivable par four, but the green has a valley in the center of it, if you yes. will. So when the pin is closer to the middle, you have that backstop and you have the feeder down to it. So oh, it, yeah. it gives you a lot of opportunity where you can go after it. Now, mm-hmm. same hole, if that pin's tucked on, the left or or the right, oh you know, 
you can fall into a lot of trouble. And because it's such a drivable hole, it becomes difficult yeah. to get make up and down on a very short hole. Absolutely. No, I mean, you, you have to, um, you know, if your club does pin sheets or tells you pin positions for the day, use that to your advantage. Um, you know, if, if that pin is on that back left shelf, poof, I'm aiming for the center green once again and just going for that two putt because, um, you know, you, you really have to make sure you know where that pin is um, on that green because if you don't, you don't have a plan for the hole. You have to really think about your plan for the hole. You have to set yourself up for that next shot because um, that's where a lot of people lose their shots is they don't think about the next one. They're just trying to get the ball out there and play. Awesome. So I would say, you know, my biggest takeaway from here is know where you can get close to the pin, mainly aim for the center of the green yeah. and put, put it in your putter's hand, right? Yes. You know, you make a putt, awesome. If not, you walk away a par and most people, they're going to be very happy with pars. Yeah. But let's move on a little bit. So let's say you miss the green. Mm -hmm. You got a chip. Mm -hmm. What's something you could tell someone? What's a tip you would give people for when they're trying to get up and down? Yeah, I, I can't say this enough. Keep the ball on the ground as many times as you can. Okay, because people love to hit flop shots. They love to throw it up in the air. But that is such a high-risk, low-reward shot. Not a lot of people can hit it. I mean, even the tour pros mess up on those flop shots a lot. Right. I mean, they, they come short-sided, and they end up making the hole even tougher for themselves. Um, so if, if there's anything I can suggest, if you have, you know, some fairway or fringe in front of you, you have a lot of green to work with, keep the ball on the ground. Um, I will putt a lot on the green. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm sure you do as well, but those, those flop shots, those high shots, they're just, like I said, high risk and low reward. Um, so, you know, keep, keep that ball on the ground, use an eight iron, bump and run it, use a pitching wedge, keep it low, let the green do the work. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, coming here, I think I started putting a lot from off the green. You know, mm -hmm. we have massive fringes that are, they're cut tight, right? Yeah. And you find yourself with those chips, it, it becomes a very difficult shot. And the reality is, is are you going to even get closer if you putt it? Mm -hmm. Like you said, use the, use the green to your advantage, right? You were going to spend a ton of time on the practice green reading putts. We're yeah. going to get that speed down. Read your chip. Yeah. Put the ball on the ground and let it roll. It, it just seems like a, an easier strategy um, that I think that can help a lot of people where it's like you said, keep it on the ground and then put it in your putter's hand from there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, not to knock on my dad a little bit, but um, when, when I was little, he would always tell me, your, your worst putt is still better than your best chip. And I still use that to this day. And I tell all my students that, you know, yeah, you have those good chips you get away with every once in a while. Um, but that it is true. I mean, I find myself out there maybe a couple yards off the green. I'm going to putt it because I mean, that's a, that's the best advice I could give you is because your, your worst putt is still better than your best chip. Awesome. So then just to kind of bring us home here, we've talked a lot about it. Get on the green, put yeah. it in your putter's hands, right? Mm -hmm. Put, put the putter in your hand, make those shots. What's our strategy? How are we trying to make more putts? Yeah, no, um, it's a great question, and a lot of people focus so much on on reading the putt rather than what is the speed of the green, okay? And, you know, most of the time you can see, okay, the putt's breaking left, um, the putt's breaking right, which way is it going to go? Most people can see that. It, it's really the harder courses that the little breaks come into play that you can't see. That's okay. 
I'm going to tell you, hit those lag putts, practice those lag putts, because when you get out to the golf course, the speed of the greens is more important than the line. Because most of the misses for people will be either really short or really far. I can't tell you how many people get up to a putt and focus so much on the break and not even think about how fast it is. They don't see that they're going downhill. They don't see that you know they're, they're going uphill. I, it works both ways. But my biggest advice to people is to practice the speed of the greens. Realize, okay, a 10-foot putt is going to go this far. A 20-foot putt, I have to hit it this hard. Um, but that is honestly the best piece of advice I can give. You know, it, it goes back to what you said at the beginning. When you're when you're warming up for your round, right, you're going to almost spend as much time hitting full shots as you are putting. Oh, yeah. Right, because, you know, and it's not just, you know, get used to making your three, four footers so you can put them in the hole, but yeah. it's, you know, those 30, 40 footers because the reality is for most people, you're going to have more of those. Mm -hmm. And if you knock those close, you're going to have tap-ins for par. Yeah. And you don't want you don't want the stressful par after you've done the hard work. You've, you've put the good tee shot, you put the ball on the green, don't stress yourself out by uh, make, leaving yourself a hard par putt when you can just tap it in because you've spent the time to get the speed right. Absolutely, yeah. And, and to go back to practicing really quick, it, I know a lot of people come straight from work when they golf. Um, I'd rather see you spend five minutes, seven minutes on the putting green than hitting golf balls. You can stretch. You can take a couple practice swings um, before you actually hit your first shot on that first tee. But the most important part, half of your strokes – sometimes for people more than half are spent on the putting green you know any green on the golf course um, if you're out there three putting four putting that's just it's not acceptable um, you know sometimes a three putt here and there but my best advice when you get to the golf course you have to hit the putting green awesome so that's really all the questions that I had for you yeah. is there any other final tips you want to give anyone today yeah, um, honestly, the biggest thing that I always tell people um, whenever I teach them is I'm going to work with what you have. You know, um, unless they're getting into golf, they're very beginner, um, that's when we start with the basics. We work um, really from the ground up um, when it comes to that. But if you're, you know, a 12 handicap and you come to me for lessons, I am going to work with what you have. Unless, you know, you're truly committed, you want to get better, um, you're really grinding, and, and I know that you are trying to get from a, let's call it a 12 down to a five. Um, then we're both committed, you and I, you're practicing. That's when, when, we, that's when we start tinkering. Um, that's when we try different things. But unless it's really, really flawed, um, I'm not going to change your grip. I'm not going to have you go from hitting a, a slice to a draw. I'm going to have you go from a slice to a cut. You know, it, it's it's little things like that, but but play with what you have. And if you just play to that and stop trying to play differently from your game, I guarantee you that your score is going to get better. Yeah, I think I think that's such great advice. You know, just swing your swing and really work with what you have. Um, the one thing that I get out of watching a lot of tour golf is everyone's different, mm -hmm. right? I try not to copy what those guys are doing because they're on a different level than us. Yeah. You know, it it's they're not what they're doing and on the courses they're doing it is not normal that's yeah. not what everyone's going to do but they all do it their own way yeah. and between different footwork and different swings they're trying to get to the same point and it's just work with what you have yeah yeah and and a couple great examples i can think of i mean scotty scheffler his footwork you just said footwork i mean it 
I would never teach that, but it works for him. Um, Matt Wolf, his backswing, so unconventional, but guess what? He was at one time, I think, a top 20 player in the world. Um, and then you look at Adam Scott, who I would tell anybody, if you want to resemble anyone's swing, it's his. I mean, it's almost perfect. Um, but, you know, those three people, they're so different and so unique. But two of those three names, as you said, have been number one in the world at some time, Scotty Scheffler and Adam Scott. Right, you're talking about two Masters champions yeah. there. And if you put them next to each other, you'd never think they were in the same conversation. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Noah, this has been great. Thanks for coming on today. Um, this wraps up episode 11 of Money Equals M Squared. Uh, you check us out online at lltwm.com or on Instagram at Team LLT. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.